0: Timmer, it seems like a lifetime. <laughs> where have you been?
1: kind of is. The last time, well, the only time we ever saw each other was when we had gone to, or when I got in New Orleans um, and did that uh, event where Sarah had me talk about how you could be both pragmatic and radical at the same time. I'm still having that conversation,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but that was, God, that was a lot. I'm. I'm sorry, Sarah got upset, but boy, we had a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. uh, The whole closing the Uber door on her ankle, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that was a pretty bad start. (laughs) (laughs) But you didn't do it on purpose. I mean, it was a it was an accident. So,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Accident. Sure. We'll go with that.
1: (laughs) <laughs> so what's going on with you? You live in Texas now. Uh,
0: I did for a little bit. I was up there in the uh, DFW, up there in Dallas, there for a bit, and um, I thought I was going to be getting a job, and because um, the job market here in Baton Rouge is was a little thin at the moment, and um, it just didn't work out. So I ended up having to come back.
1: And you're a you're a structural engineer, right? Or civil engineer?
0: <laughs> civil designer. I'm not an Social engineer. Designer. Yeah, I don't. I don't mess around with that pesky letters after my name. <laughs>
1: oh, you know, I've worked in enough industries to know that they really deserve an equivalent amount of credit. They just didn't have an equivalent amount of credit, <laughs> uh, credit hours. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's true. It's a. Uh, I, I basically just take whatever's in their head and put it out on paper.
1: Well, that's a that's an amazing skill. It definitely is. I just think it's kind of cool that now I can say I can read blueprints and do drawings and PNIDs and all sorts of other types of drawings. Like it just makes me feel like I know a different
0: language. Yeah. PNIDs are no fun. I, that was a a job that I had a long time ago in uh, 2011 uh, doing the structural thing. And then uh, the piping department got like way behind and we had to go over there and help them with PNIDs. And I was like, Oh God, this sucks. Why did you guys choose this? (laughs) Oh
1: Oh, God. (laughs) I'm so sorry for you guys.
0: (laughs) It's like Just throw a ball valve at it. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. ball valve. I
1: was telling a friend of mine, just because of the fact that I work in this industry, and then I have my side hobbies and interests, Mm -hmm. that if you use my Google search history, I would look like a crazy person. Because it's (laughs) like, pen fix, serial killers, true crime, ball valves. Like, what is going on?
0: (laughs) Yeah, if that search history ever got out, oh boy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a... it's like, oh, what random thought appeared in Eric's head right at that moment? Well, we can just definitely tell.
1: <laughs> oh, do you do that thing on Google where you use it like your diary? You're like, dear Googs, <laughs> why are my feet so big?
0: <laughs> of course, Google will respond, well, your parents all had big feet, so you were just <laughs> I also ha- see the I also dominant have,
1: genes. <laughs> yeah, I also
0: have enormous hands. You know what that means, right?
1: Uh, you have to buy larger gloves.
0: Yes, large gloves and large shoes.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is literally the only thing.
1: And you can palm a basketball or a person's head.
0: I, I can definitely palm a basketball. I have done that before. So, so that's see.
1: That's those are bragging points. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, at six foot one, I thought uh, growing up, I was like, oh man, I'm just going to be so tall. And then you come to find out, like, yeah, six foot one's kind of uh, you know average.
1: You know, I don't know. Maybe this is just because I have had the completely different experience. Um, but it seems like most of the guys that typically hit on me and I'm ten, are usually shorter. It's only been in maybe the past couple of years where I've dated men that were either my height or greater. Yeah. And I don't, I just sort of assume there were less tall people, but that's of course fundamentally untrue. I just think they like to date the short girls.
0: Yeah, uh, some some of the guys like to hit on the shouties. Actually, I kind of like the uh, the tall women myself. So it's a <laughs> it's a it's kind it's kind of a catch twenty two. Currently married to somebody yeah. who's like five nine, so I mean that's okay. <laughs> oh,
1: that's a good height. That's a good one.
0: Yep, right there, smekdeb in the middle. But uh, I've also dated extremely short as well, like confirmed case of dwarfism. So you know,
1: <laughs> really, yes, <laughs> like. It- like are you getting it them in like 49 or lower?
0: Oh, no, like 43.
1: <laughs> oh my.
0: Like actual little person.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: Yeah, I've done that before. That was no fun. She she uh uh I was actually the summer fling for that one. That was fun. Finding that one out. <laughs> I was like, "What? Oh, you already dreadful. had a boyfriend? What?"
1: <laughs> Damn, play on, player okay I'm like show he get a game
0: <laughs> yeah she does so Danine, if you're listening
1: <laughs> oh god just talk to that person <laughs> right there I'm like well this is up to a good start oh yeah yeah yeah.
0: just start naming all the exes and Becky I'm looking at so you t- both of you uh, oh
1: two Becky's yes. good god
0: Becky's <laughs> there's always a problem with Becky's yeah not just the beginning of uh, Sir Mix a Lot either, you know. So,
1: I do love. Did you see that meme that went around recently where it was somebody who was protesting the use of her Karen to describe a incredibly meddlesome, um, nosy Rosie?
0: Yes, and it was. I thought the, that was was like the N word to uh, affluent white women. I was like, yeah, oh my god,
1: yes, because women have been under assault far longer than any ethnic minority in any country in any part of the world, <laughs> says person who does not know any history at all. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, it really is more just like pick a piece of paper and write a number on it and you're the one who are gonna be oppressed this century. <laughs> you know, yeah. like it's just a rotating cast. So but I just thought it was so absurd. And I also just wanted to say that I very much love the fact that we do describe certain annoying behaviors in terms of names because it really puts a fine point on it. Like, you know, that person that we call a Karen or a Stacy or a Becky or, yeah. you know, I guess back in the 1980s, it would have been more like a, oh goodness, a Heather, you know, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> so, in fact, made
0: an entire movie about it.
1: Yeah. And it's <laughs> not like Kyle's didn't have their day. You oh, know, yeah, yeah. there was a whole thing about Kyle's and Steve's and whatever else. So everybody's name gets put through the ringer, but we know that person.
0: Yep. And 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 sometimes
1: that person is us. (laughs)
0: It's definitely never been a Kimberly or an Eric. So thank God.
1: (laughs) I'm sure. I'm sure somebody's cooking up something tasty for Kim's and Eric's and it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. And I hope it has tigers and meth in it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Large quantities of sardine oil. Hmm.
1: Oh, my God. What a weirdly specific thing to say, (laughs) you know, like it wasn't all like, oh, they should have put something edible on his shoe. It was specifically sardine oil.
0: Yeah. It's like, oh, no, you would have to coat his entire body in sardine oil to get a tiger to eat him. (laughs) It's like, really, Carol? (laughs) Do you speak from experience?
1: Right. And then in the corner in the faded background is like a 50-gallon drum of it.
0: Yeah. but like extra words added in Sharpie, like not sardine oil, you know?
1: Oh yeah. Or sardinia oil. No, it's from a different part of the world.
0: (laughs) From the island of Sardinia. It's
1: exotic. (laughs) It's It's (laughs) artisanal.
0: Yeah. Or they like to, they, uh, they play the media game. You know, it's like, this is not sardine oil. It's anchovy oil. It's completely different.
1: Oh yes, yes. It's a whole different lobbyist group. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, it definitely didn't help her case that she is looks like Hillary Clinton's cousin. You
1: know. Oh yeah, no doubt. I watched that with a friend of mine, and the whole time it's like I'm getting a real strong hill dog vibe off of this. <laughs> no shit. And I was like, yeah, I think this is basically what we envision when we think of affluent, privileged white women. Oh, oh you <laughs> didn't are, say that
0: correctly. It's white women.
1: White women. Yeah. Women. <laughs> who are kicking up a fuss because they care hypocritically. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, that's like the thing that kind of blew my mind about her. And it's so funny because everybody in that show is a piece of shit. Oh, they're there's
0: just all awful. Uh, with with ba- a few exceptions. Ex- yeah. Right.
1: Like the standouts of people that seem decent were like Josh – Seemed awesome, and my heart aches for him to have even witnessed Travis kill himself.
0: Yeah, that's, that's um, not easy. It's,
1: uh, some of the staff members, like particularly the ones who managed the zoo, uh, I think it was like Eric and, um, yeah. oh, I, I can't remember the other two. Um,
0: uh, Saf and uh, Saff, Rainer yes. or, Reiner Saff. or whatever. Yeah. The guy R- that had R- no R- legs. Yes. Yeah, Ranky. Yeah, that's yes. what it was.
1: Yeah. I thought they were awesome. And I thought there were a lot of, you know, tertiary characters who were interesting. But as far as the main three that they kind of rolled around on, nope. Yeah. I mean, everybody just seemed god awful in some way, shape, or form. And it's like, pick your poison.
0: Yeah. So after I watched that the, first episode, thing- I just looked over at my wife and I was like, I, I hate everybody in the show.
1: <laughs> I, I, I know. I can't stand
0: Ido, any of them.
1: Right. And then meanwhile, you see all these like starving, under cared for exotic animals. And you're just like, really? Like you're so focused on your petty little crazy rivalry with this lunatic woman. Oh, yeah. Who granted, she went after his livelihood and that was pretty uncool. But
0: well, she was trying to go after everybody's livelihood, like trying to lobby Washington to tell other uh, people what they can do with their property.
1: Yeah, man, she, she you know just like a Karen of rebranding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like a Karen. I know she totally rebranded. Like she originally was just like the lady who w- liked to wear tiger print and bought animals at yeah. auctions, you know. And then it was like, oh no, my husband's dead. Oh no, we must care for the animals. <laughs> and then she she continued to do what she'd always done, but she called it a sanctuary, and yes. she became the hero. So because yeah, we that, call it a sanctuary, that was like. Right. That was like when Walmart changed their kind of logo style. And we were like, I think it might be okay to shop there. Like (laughs) that's basically what (laughs) just happened there.
0: Yeah. Continue to shop there. Like the website, people of walmart.com doesn't exist. Hmm.
1: (laughs) Oh God. Yeah. That's been a treasure trove of humanity's worst. (laughs) So, um, our, so I wanted to ask, are we just talking right now? And that's the show or? Yeah, yeah
0: that's it. Everyone take a drink. She did it. <laughs> <laughs> she asked if we were recording. Yeah, there it goes.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's funny. I mean, I'm enjoying it, but yeah, it is pretty funny.
0: No, I just kind of like, go with well, it. Sometimes I'll do like a, an actual opening and sometimes I'll just like, all right, let's just get right into it. So no, this is it. Well, good. Yeah,
1: I love it. This is free and easy. It's just like talking to my buddy. So
0: that's how I wanted to be. Um.
1: Well, good. So, so tell me about your show. Like, I'm just curious uh, about the origin of it and and how it's gone so far, and and what you've learned in the course of doing this.
0: <laughs> well, this had been one of those things where I had been talking with the with the buds around here. I was like, yeah, we need to do a uh, you know libertarians on a porch type podcast. And, you know, oh. always hitting him up for it. Always hitting them up. So we ended up actually recording like one episode at uh, one guy's uh, studio. And then just nothing ever happened after that. So I was like, okay, well, if we're going to do this, I'm going to do it myself. Because I know I'll push it out. So when it originally right. started... I was a part-time driving for Uber, and when you're Uber in Baton Rouge, there's not a whole lot going on, so you have a lot of time in between calls. So what I would do is I would just break out the old iPhone and uh, just start recording like little 15, 20-minute, 30-minute sometimes uh, episodes and just post them up there. So that's how it started. Mm. And then uh, here in the last year, it's been – these type of things where I'm just going to talk to a friend of mine about some kind of libertarian topic. And then we'll just see wherever the conversation goes after that. So
1: I like that. I love that because I mean, there's so many times where you talk to your friends because you do become friends with people in the movement and some of them are the best friends you've ever had, but you'll sit there and talk to them about whatever's going on. And somewhere in the course of the conversation, you're like, you know, this would. Be the worst thing in the world if other people were included in on this dialogue, you know, yeah, because there's good right. points that are being ma- made there, so that's very cool. Do you still do stand up? I know you and I had talked about you <laughs> doing that, and I, I think I told you at the time I envy the hell out of you for being brave enough to do that because <laughs> I don't think I had the stones for it.
0: Yeah, it was one of those things where, um, it's like there's a few open mics around here in uh, Baton Rouge, and I was like, all right, maybe I'll get back into it, but. You know, one's at like a tap room at like a weird time and I can never make it over there. So no, I haven't gotten back into it yet. So I just uh, regale people with my terrible jokes here and my poor (laughs) celebrity impressions here. So.
1: Oh, that's good. That's good. So are we going to get some Trump or anything like that? That's exciting.
0: Look, I do the best Trump, the greatest Trump of all time. (laughs) Actually, I don't. The celebrity impressions are just terrible. So.
1: (laughs) Oh, I just love it. Yeah. I love it. I started watching this show.
0: You know um, it. I know it. Everybody knows it.
1: <laughs> There's a so during this time I went and revisited the um Cartoon Network show Home Movies.
0: Oh, ah, I don't know if you, have, the you past. have you have seen
1: that?
0: Yeah, classic. Yeah.
1: Oh, I love it. Of course, and I that went one had and rewatched H.
0: John Benjamin in it.
1: Yes, it's exactly where I was going to go because not only does he do Coach McGurk, which is classic H. John Benjamin, but then he also does Jason Panopoulos, one of the three little kids. And the way he does him is where he talks like at the back of his throat, like he's always (laughs) got a really bad sinus headache and it's. Awesome. It's awesome. Because not only is that character made to be like the gross kid who yeah. picks his nose, but he's also the kid who criticizes your lack of mise en your film. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, he's my spirit animal. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, if you I wanna love that show. Yeah, if you want to get peak H. John Benjamin, it's not Archer, it's definitely Bob's Burgers. So
1: yeah, yeah. And that's another Lauren Bouchard because he was the same one who produced um, home movies. And yeah. trivia note, he was the voice of Josie the baby, the one who was always like, <laughs> yep, yeah, that's, that's correct. Cool. Yep, <laughs> that fact
0: checks out. <laughs> Confirmed. Now, yeah, I do like the uh, Bob's Burgers because he does, you know, Bob on there and he also does uh, the principal lady where she's got to talk like this, like she's been smoking for oh. 25 years. And she's tired yeah. of this kid's crap. So <laughs> so good.
1: Ashes in his mashed potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I love Bob's burgers. I think that's a great show. Oh, yeah. I like the the whole cast and how my absolute favorite character is Linda. And I <laughs> the guy who does her <laughs> voice just nails it like, oh Bobby. <laughs> like, oh God. So good. And the whole thing between her and Gail is hilarious.
0: Yes, because that's uh, every crazy uh, Italian aunt of all time, right there. <laughs> I've had to uh, go through a lot of that, so it's it's actually kind of fun to watch that show. It's like, oh, this is like childhood for me. I know this.
1: <laughs> so you have so are you, your last name is German, though, isn't it?
0: Yes, last name is German. Uh, I am half German, one quarter Sicilian, and one quarter Scott. So
1: interesting. You,
0: Yeah, you would think with a mix like that, like I would have a hair trigger and would just stay pissed off all the time. But no,
1: I'm not. Well, maybe you just take grave offense to certain things like poor engineering and bad (laughs) pasta sauce and, you know, (laughs) and then, you know, whiskey spelled with an E.
0: Oh, yes. No, it should be spelled with a Y only. (laughs) That's
1: right. (laughs) And and it should
0: only say Lagavulin on the uh, on the bottle.
1: Oh, yeah. That was, that's good stuff. Or Macallan. That's very mm. good. <clears throat> have ex- you ever I, – I don't know if this qualifies as, as Scott, Scottish whiskey or because I really don't know that much about them. But have you ever tried Lafroig?
0: Yes. Lafroig is Scottish. It's uh, wonderful uh, if you do like to uh, taste dirt and smoke at the same time. So.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for saying yes. that because very peaty, that's actually what as they I kind like of liked say. about it. Yeah, it totally. The first time I ever tasted it, I was like, this tastes like I'm drinking a campfire.
0: Yep, that's right. <laughs> and it is so, 100% um, awesome.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Give you that real camping experience without sleeping on rocks.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like, mm, can I put some moss in my mouth while it was on fire? Yeah. This is great. <laughs> It's definitely like the uh, the bottle of whiskey, like your uncle would like let you take a little snip of, you know, when you were like 12. Mm-hmm. It's like, here you go. Here, try, try some of this, you know, kind of as his lesson of, you know, don't drink. That's not going to be good for you.
1: Yeah. I give you the thing that just smells so vile. I, do you <laughs> think it smells good? Like, do you smell that? And it it's you're just like, yes, I want to put that in my mouth.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, Lafurge is great. I, I and I'm kind of all joking aside. You know, if I do sniff it and then drink, it's it's great. Uh, Lagavulin has a little bit of that peat taste to it, but not too much. Um, and then some of the Irish whiskies, they can get uh, kind of peaty too. But uh, here recently, the uh, major discovery I've come across is uh, Nikka whiskey from Japan. That's N I K K A. For those of you wondering, I didn't say the dreaded N word. Uh, the Japanese have been doing wonderful things with uh, scotches and whiskies, and it's uh, that's kind of a that's a mind-bender because you're like, this is awesome. <laughs> this is so much mm. better than some of the stuff out there.
1: Man. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever tried soju?
0: Soju? Uh, no. My uh, younger brother has because he was stationed in Korea. So he's definitely done the soju a time or two.
1: I mean, I realized that that's a completely different category of alcohol. But just since we're talking about Southeast Asia, I was like, "Have you ever tried this thing?" But yeah, that stuff is—I that's good. Like when you put cucumber in it or lemon or something to to give it a little bit of flavor, because it is—it is almost like tofu in a sense it absorbs the taste of whatever's around it.
0: Yeah, the uh, it
1: was really good. Cookie
0: Koreans—they like to put uh, chili peppers in it.
1: Oh man, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's from what I
0: hear. It's like it's like wait, you put chili peppers and basically rice alcohol. What are, what are you doing? Ugh.
1: That is epic. I love that. I love anything that's got chili or peppers or anything that makes it spicy.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm the same way, only because I'm a redhead. So
1: you know. <laughs> you're contractually obligated. <laughs>
0: contractually obligated. Yeah, we we don't feel pain the same way you normies do. So it's it's great.
1: That's actually true. Did you know that? Yes. Yeah. Like that's not a myth of of redheads. That is a fact, a verifiable fact that people who have red hair typically have a higher pain tolerance.
0: Yeah. It's not that we have a higher pain tolerance. It's that the, our pain receptors just interpret those signals differently. So. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Uh, But they
1: interpret it as instead.
0: It's like pressure or it's like uncomfortable, but you know, it, it would have to be very painful in order for us to feel it.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah. And it goes the other way too. So like when we're getting pain medications, like a lot of them don't work, (laughs) which is always fun to tell a doctor.
1: (laughs) So what do you think the evolutionary reason was for redheads to develop that adaptation?
0: Oh, well, we were, you know, uh, daughters and sons of Satan and usually got burnt at the stake, so-
1: Oh, do you really think it's that like centuries upon <laughs> centuries of gross mistreatment you got a thicker skin <laughs> it's like oh my god this is a
0: redhead you liked with the devil
1: <laughs> oh man no nah, it's, uh. it's got to
0: be some kind of recessive thing that's uh it's like all right the universe has hit this one with a uh, with an awesome set of cards let's give them the, p- the pain tolerance thingy
1: well, maybe they were like, oh, you poor baby, you are going to get so many bad sunburns. I want you to not feel it as badly. <laughs> You're going to get a sunburn
0: when you think about going outside and you haven't actually done it yet.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah the moment you cast your eyes toward the open door, purple.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like looking outside and you like start to undo the blinds. It was like, oh, no, no, no. Too much sun. Too much sun. <laughs> oh, close man.
1: At my last job, one of our outside salespeople was a redhead, and,
0: and was a redhead. He was he's no longer very, a redhead.
1: <laughs> he's dead now. Well, no, he's just kidding. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's dead. Like, oh, accident. A dark Things go on Yeah,
1: yeah. It was third-degree burns. No, he. Um, yeah, no. I don't work there anymore. That's the past tense portion. But okay, gotcha. Yes, he he is a redhead still currently. I presume Language and, uh, is fun. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, yeah, he would, he was very avid outdoorsman and he would get horrible, horrible sunburns. And I just felt so bad for him.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. That's
1: my very long story.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, that's terrible. Anytime I've been on a cruise and like the wife has got like the SPF, uh, 75 and she's like, make sure I was like, yeah, I don't want to be uncomfortable either. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, isn't I desid- opaque? Like, couldn't you just use that instead? Just slather your skin with Destin. <laughs> That's a water barrier, and it—I don't think it's permeable.
0: Maybe not. Who knows? Probably get cancer <laughs> from that too. So, everything
1: uh. is going to give you cancer if COVID doesn't get you first.
0: Yes, and we ha- we have to do our best uh, Jersey accents on that. Everything's going to give you cancer.
1: Everything's going to give you cancer, <laughs> <laughs> including COVID. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. The wonderful oh, koof cough. Mm.
1: Yes. So what is, what are things like for you where you're at right now? What are, what are you seeing and experiencing in your neighborhood, your profession, your area of, of the country?
0: All right. Well, hold on just a second. We'll be right back. Hi folks. Harry Chussman here celebrated TV actor since 1962. I'm here to tell you today about my friend's podcast, Car Competent Bird Archist. Oh, wait, is that like real names? No? Oh. That's right folks, Car Competent Bird Archist will bring you a new episode every Wednesday, or as they like to put it, Weirds Day. It's a libertarian podcast that talks about cryptids, or, or, like Bigfoot and shit. All right, whatever. Uh, that's right, folks. It's a libertarian podcast that sometimes talks about cryptids. Or is it a cryptid podcast that sometimes talks about libertarian topics? You'll have to find out every Weirds day at noon. Harry Trustman out. Hey, y'all. Before we get back into it, I just want to tell you about a new podcast I learned about. It's called The Porcupine Perspective. Check them out. Porcupine POV dot com. All right, now that we've paid some of the bills around here, now back to the interview. Oh wow, this is uh this is actually kind of fun. So when I started this uh new job, uh already two-thirds of the office weren't there. <laughs> At the end of the week, they handed me like monitors and a laptop, and I said, Okay, well, you're just gonna be working from home until we tell you to come <laughs> back. <laughs> It was like, okay, I, I haven't even met my team face-to-face yet. I get to talk to oh, them through, through Microsoft Teams, but that's about it.
1: <laughs> How interesting. So you just changed jobs right before this whole right. thing happened.
0: Right before the whole oh, thing, like, yeah.
1: Oh, my gosh. That's that's heavy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was a lot to take in. It was a very bizarre first week there there at the new job.
1: <laughs> You're like, I'd shake your hand, but... I might be a carrier,
0: oh yeah, and then down here it's it's almost as if nobody got the message to stay at home because I was stuck in traffic today for you know a good couple of light cycles <laughs> at a couple of the intersections. It was like, what are you guys all doing out? Well, uh,
1: most likely, if it's I'm like essential, theory. what are you non essentials
0: doing <laughs> driving around?
1: well, you know, okay, so. <laughs> About that, so I'm part of this thing. It's like Arizona Coronavirus Group or whatever. It's sponsored by AZ Family with with Channel 12, their news station. Yes. And um, so they have this thing where they just use it to disseminate information and then kind of create a community for people to talk to each other. Although they won't approve any of my posts because my posts are hilariously dark memes and they're not down with that. So, (laughs) But anyway, um, one of the posts that was in there was this gal who was saying something like, you know caveat, I'm essential, just so you know, oh, but God. she's like, I, I, you know, I was doing this and I was doing that. And I saw all these people out and about Why about the most Karen home? thing
0: you can ever say. I am essential.
1: Right. Well, and this, well, this is it. I mean, it's like sneeches on the beaches where you're just like, I got a star. <laughs> like it doesn't mean anything four five, six weeks ago, this was not even a thing. So the person who had a job working at a grocery store or was working at a restaurant Like they were, they didn't expect to this deluge or this job loss. So these, the situation that's upon us is hitting all of us in some way, shape or form. I just don't understand the people who can't mind your own business. Like they're in their car and PS. So are you like, what are you out doing surveillance? Like, (laughs) you know, like all they do is just snitch on people and they don't even know 1% of that person's story.
0: Yeah. The, one of the the funniest things I had ever seen. Uh, someone was responding down to the de Blasio. Uh, well, what's the number that we can text to the, uh, to report businesses that are still open that shouldn't be. And the person replied, Oh, that's the Gestapo app. And she goes, okay, thanks.
1: Oh, I did. I saw that. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so funny because right before all this even happened, I just happened to pick up a book called Stasiland and it was about, what was going on on the other side of the Iron Curtain. Yeah. So, but particularly with like the Berlin Wall and how East Germany was so fundamentally different culturally and politically and economically because the fact that they were taken over by the Soviets, it's how we divided the territory. Yeah. And one of the biggest things about it is like, well, what was it that kept everybody in line? And it was because of the Stasi, which was their secret police. But they didn't have a super sizable police force. It was that People happily, gladly, willingly snitched out on everybody because they thought they were doing the right thing.
0: Yeah. Or they would get an extra loaf of bread that month, you know.
1: Right. When everybody's trying to scratch it out and, and hustle to the next minute, I mean, I think things get more morally fuzzy for some people. And then other people actually honestly believe they're doing the right thing. That's the terror of tyranny. It's not... The juggernaut of government itself though that is terrifying in its own right it's the fact that so many people that you stand next to in every aspect of your life could turn on you on a dime and that's that's a that's unstable that's unmooring i think
0: well you know, you're totally right on that and uh i haven't had a uh, great um respect for a lot of people <laughs> Uh, since about the early two thousands, cause I, I always keep in the back of my mind. I was like, all right, going to make a mental note of this person because they are going to be willingly calling the cops on me just for a loaf of bread and a pat on the head. So, mm-hmm. and when it now, comes down to it, that's exactly what they're going to do.
1: Well, I hope they're listening and I hope that they realize that not only should they mind their own business, but if they need an attaboy, Vermin Supreme is giving out free ponies.
0: Always. Tell you to brush your teeth. Always. Teeth. Yes.
1: And brush your teeth. The law says it's the right thing to do, and yeah, that's the how law. you know you should do it.
0: <laughs> do my do my best Bronx on that one. The law.
1: I really feel like Vern had a golden opportunity to be like at the forefront of the hygiene movement. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the whole teeth too, mandatory toothbrushing thing, just because of the fact that they're like, you need to wash your hands, 12 seconds over the face, you know over the tops and through the. First
0: yeah, it, it's been fun going out to the grocery stores because I refuse to wear a mask and gloves in public. And uh, the other day, I actually got stink eye for the first time. Yeah, I was standing behind somebody in line, maintaining my social distance of five foot ten. <clears throat> and uh, one turned around, and you know, obvious Karen with with her little uh, best buddy there, Jackie. I was like, he's not wearing a mask. I was like, <laughs> just there laughing. I was like, yeah, go tell somebody, cry harder. Yeah,
1: that's, this is. I actually think that, I, I think that there's value in taking greater precaution. However, I think that what's most likely going to happen is what typically happens when we build in more and more safeguards. If we have more and more safeguards, like we do not only say stay six feet apart, but don't go here, don't touch this, sanitize that, and wear a face mask and other PPE. At some point in time, we are going to become complacent and start making mistakes that allow a path pathogen to go forth like there is actually a scientifically proven fact that once you build in too many fail safes the whole mechanism fails so you have to kind of stand in that delicate balance find that equilibrium and my feeling is face mask or six feet apart if you're six feet apart cough into your freaking elbow that'll mitigate you know anything that's being projected from your face otherwise you're not breathing necessarily in the same airspace i don't know why you're wearing a face mask just be mindful of what you touch wash your hands disinfect things and try to limit the the push the push points in time you can create a vector
0: yeah it's been pretty crazy and i've even seen people driving around in their cars with goggles and a mask on in their car by themselves with the windows rolled up Oh, like, yeah, that is like, like easy. What are you doing? you're just like,
1: I know, like, <laughs> eventually, we're going to get to the point where we're just going to be not only in a hazmat suit, but we will also be in the bull itself, just like walking down the street with you know 87 sheets of triple ply polycarbonate around ourselves and whatever else. <laughs> to, <like. laughs> and then we're like, oh no, I forgot the oxygen. <laughs> yeah, At that so- point, we will be so sterile yeah. as people that even one little bacterium or germ would just totally eradicate us.
0: <laughs> yeah. Tyvek is about to be worth its weight in gold, you know? So <laughs> yeah, Jesus. yeah it, it's been all kinds of silly and uh, I, I'm starting to get the stink eye because I don't wear the mask or the gloves in public. Uh, I've had the people, you know, want to hand me something and then they, you can tell that they've, just thought about oh i I shouldn't put this in his hand <laughs> here, let me put it down on the counter for him to pick up you
1: know? oh yeah
0: it's it's getting really it's getting really, really silly, so it's uh um, but yeah, down here, the population density isn't as bad uh New Orleans is uh you know that's it's New Orleans, and uh but yeah, around here is other than people walking around with masks on and just apparently just driving wherever they want to, you know. Doesn't really seem like too much has changed, but I know in some places, like you go outside and it's a ghost town. There ain't nobody out there. So, uh,
1: yeah, it's it's interesting, and it's certainly definitely interesting seeing, you know, comparing what's in your visual field or experience to what you're on the news, versus what you read on social media versus you know what you're hearing about elsewhere. Yeah. Like if I just take if I take my entire comprehension of coronavirus and possibly, consequences of it, strictly from my immediate experiences. It's, you know, we are working remotely in order to mitigate how many people are in or around the office at any given time. Right. We have a schedule of sterilization for the office and spaces. Hmm. Um, And I don't, and the kids are home (laughs) and the kids are home. So I got to work remote and then juggle that with trying to somehow keep up with an obscene amount of work like they got let out of school for spring break right yeah. and um and then it was like a week later like we're gonna extend spree break by a week okay and then it was like well we'll come back on april 1st okay you know what we're just we'll see you next fall <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like
0: fuck that. just the rest of the year right and, yeah
1: right and they're like if you're graduating this year which my niece is she turns 18 um tomorrow. And she's supposed to graduate high school this year. She's just going to get her diploma mailed to her. And (laughs) God, like this is just totally bananas, but yeah, the, they got released from school, but that didn't stop their teachers from just sending us a high volume. And I understand why they're doing it. They're wanting to help us out and give parents resources and stuff. But the reality is I do not have time to sit there and work on a computer program with my special needs daughter and my, my five-year-old son. Like, when am I supposed to do all this and also work my job? And I want to be clear for your listeners. I realize that there are people that have been laid off, are furloughed, don't oh, yeah. have jobs, don't even know when they're going to pay their next bill, don't know where their next meal is coming from. And I don't want for even a second to make it seem like somehow what I'm dealing with is worse because it is by no means. Like there are so many things that are, I'm thankful and grateful for, and I don't want them, I don't want anyone who's suffering to feel like people don't recognize how bad it is and are concerned about them too. Yeah. But there are also things that are absurd and laughable and a little ridiculous. And those are the things that I can definitely speak for as an expert on. Yeah. <laughs> so just because some of it is just, it is really ridiculous, but yeah. Like just, uh, you know, back to my niece who turns 18, my brother had this whole sit down conversation with her and he's like, what's your plan? and she's like oh you <laughs> know when well yeah because it's just like okay kid like a couple weeks ago you were doing dance you were on track to graduate high school you were about to turn 18 you had a clerk job over at macy's like you had a you know some stuff going on all of that is basically gone except for the fact that she's going to get older that's not going to change yeah. you know <laughs> but um but yeah and then it's just like okay sis no more, no more looking at videos of nail art and how to apply a cat's eye eyeliner. We are going to have to boogaloo. Like this is how you put on camo. This is this is how you shoot a gun. Never point it at anything if you don't want to kill it. Keep your finger off the trigger unless you need it. You know, like it's just yeah. It's like, all right, we're gonna grow up because what a vastly different world if if we get to that point where everything that we're come to play out as expected you know an economic collapse because of inflation and because of vast overspending and stopping the economy in addition to a political core a totalitarian regime all these things are incredibly possible that means that we're at a point in time as people where we have to make the decision to be self-sufficient or die yeah this it's coming at a point where we have basically gotten softer and softer as people, which is not to necessarily criticize people. This is the evolution of a society. Like, yeah, no, that's
0: just how it create
1: goes. system, right? Like, this is how this is how it goes. You create a society, you create a system of functioning, you create a culture, a way of life, and you make things easier to accomplish. And technology advances, and you have more time to think your thoughts and get upset about minutia. And then, you know, and post memes of cats on the internet and then society collapses and holy shit, maybe you should have taken home ec because, (laughs) you know, but they don't even offer that anymore because as this culture that went by the wayside, it didn't seem like something we needed. We got much more meta jobs and much more meta professions. (laughs) Now we need skills.
0: No, and no I definitely
1: no. don't have them
0: it was It was more important to teach high schoolers uh, physics, you know, something that you would used to take in a college course.
1: <laughs> you took physics and learned anything. kudos to you because <laughs> I went to an all girls Catholic school and they were not having that.
0: <laughs> they were
1: like, this conflicts with the Bible <laughs>
0: <laughs> with the Bible. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the only Catholicism I've ever had to uh, encounter was just uh, the craziness that would always happen around like a a family wedding, which I, I still believe is going on. Uh, I don't think they ever truly <laughs> really stop. Um, you know, <laughs> the last Catholic wedding I went to it was like, oh, and we're doing the short service. I was like, okay, good. I'm glad that you have made it a point <laughs> that we're not going to do the crazy. All right, let's get up. Let's get down. Let's get up. Let's get down. Let's uh, do a sermon. Oh, yeah. Let's get up and let's get down again. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Uh, You know, I got to say, though, even though my – so I was baptized Mennonite, which I think my mom did strictly for convenience sake because I happened to go to Mennonite preschool. And she was like, hey, while we're here, Pascal's wager, let dip her in the waters, yeah, you know, just in case. (laughs) Like – So it wasn't like we were technically Mennonite, but then I guess I didn't find out until I was in my late twenties that we were actually Lutheran. I wasn't aware of that fact, but I did go to that all girls Catholic school. And despite not being Catholic, um, I, I do genuinely like going to their, um, midnight mass during Christmas because I love listening to the homily. Like the, the carols are beautiful, but the, the homily is always the best part.
0: Yeah. Uh, agreed. I, I've, I've witnessed a, a few of those in, in my day, but, uh, other than that, I just but yeah the like, knee, the knee
1: workout, it. all the squats. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait, if I wanted to exercise, <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like, what is this little bar with a cushion down below here? Oh, I'm about to bend the knee right. <laughs> <laughs> multiple times in a row. But, um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. I, I think, uh, You know, trying to teach high schoolers physics uh, is probably maybe a waste of time. Home ec courses, uh, woodshop welding and all that stuff probably would have been uh, served those students a little bit better. But, you know, whatever you're going to do, the state's going to state.
1: Yeah, that's true. So are you what are you seeing when you kind of look into the crystal ball of our future? Like, what do you think is going to happen?
0: Oh, I think the econ- uh, economic decline is going to be one of those slow, gradual things. And then all of a sudden it's going to drop off a cliff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think uh, one of the writing on the walls uh, was from the other day when oil went to negative uh, <laughs> 40. It's like oh, yeah. you couldn't yeah. even pay people to uh, take it from you. Um, <laughs> I was like, I saw that and I was like, oh, no. Oh. So I guess when I go to fill up my car next week, uh, they're going to be handing me cash. You know, is that how that works?
1: Yeah, they're going to be paying you to take it. Is <laughs> That's how bad it's gotten. <laughs> and every time you get something from DoorDash, it comes with a complimentary bucket of crude oil.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and here's some crude. Uh, I was like, I didn't ask for this. Is it Brent Sweet? What is What kind of crude is this?
1: Eventually, you'll want to try and leave, and you <laughs> might need this.
0: <laughs> I hope you know how to refine. Hint, hint. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. No. That's
1: what the downstairs bathroom's for. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Instead of making bathtub gin during Prohibition, we're all trying to refine our own gas. Oh,
1: <laughs> <Jesus>. oh God.
0: <laughs> Got grandpappy sitting down there taking a taste of it. Ah, you put too much damn octane in it. Gonna blow them engines oh. up, boy.
1: You know, there's a part of me that laughs at it, and then I think about this whole business with drinking bleach, and I'm just like, "What in the Sam Hill?" <laughs> you know, because it's funny at first because you're just like, people would have to be dumb as a box of rocks oh, to no. do anything oh, like no. that. A guy
0: ate fish, clean- uh, fish aquarium cleaner. So
1: yeah, in Arizona, yeah, yeah, he's one of he's one of my peeps. He's, he's one of your peeps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's one of my peeps. Yeah. Him and his wife saw that their aquarium cleaner had the same, like the, forgive, forgive me, I can't pronounce it, chloroquine, hydrochloroquine.
0: Yeah. Hydroxychloroquine um, or something like that. One of those long okay, sounding yeah. chemical uh, mouth words.
1: Right. They saw that it had it. I don't even think they looked at the concentration of it, yeah. consumed it, and he ended up dying and she was like in critical condition. I, I assume she lived, but probably suffered quite a bit of internal damage.
0: Well, I'm just you know, like, that tends to happen when you literally drink caustic soda. Um,
1: <laughs> well, the most fantastic part of this whole just sad Darwinian tale is that they asked why they did it. And they're like, because Trump said. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, oh yeah. no. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. God,
0: and then, God like, Emperor told them to do it. And so they did it. I
1: know. And, like, what does this mean? <laughs> But business with him saying like see disinfectants. Like that please don't don't science. Don't don't try and science. Don't
0: yeah, please don't don't
1: touch it. <laughs> yeah. It's like that person you watch at work who's just like fucking something up beyond comprehension. And you're like, no, no, just put it down. <laughs> just let go and walk away from desks or away from the workstation. Like just <laughs> stop touching it. You're making worse. That's how I feel about. Who's handling this? Like, they should just be like, you know what? Let's take a bench, take a knee for a little bit, and just let us handle the parts that involve speaking from experience, education, and authority on this one.
0: Yeah, it, it's kind of like watching my 11 year old wield a hatchet to try and cut up some uh, tree limbs. <laughs> it's like, I, I'm going to yeah. let him try to work, but at the same time, I was like, no, no, son, we're, we're going to keep our hands at least a foot away from the surface that we're trying to cut. Oh,
1: gosh. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> that way you don't lose any fingers.
1: Yeah. that That's like that. This, I heard this story years ago. I think it was actually when I was taking a gun safety course. Um, but it was about a father who had taken his eight-year-old. And I don't know if it was a boy or a girl. I can't recall. Um, But he took his eight-year-old child to a gun range, and they have the ability to rent automatic weapons. So they rented an Uzi for the day, and the eight-year-old asked to be able to shoot it. Father gave some basic instruction, pulled the trigger, and then, of course, an eight-year-old's underdeveloped muscles and lack of expecting the recoil. They just totally lost control of it while still holding down the trigger and shot themselves in the head. Yep. Yep. And it was, I'm just like beyond horrified, you know, like, why? I I think it's important to teach your kids how to use firearms. Absolutely. And they're an eight isn't necessarily too young to introduce them to some fundamentals. Yeah. But why? Like a grown adult who's never handled an automatic is going to struggle.
0: Yeah. If Why would you
1: give it to an eight year old?
0: Six foot five and 280 pounds of nothing but raw muscle. That Uzi is going to walk on you.
1: It, right, it's you're just, still it's just gonna going get to get caught off guard. Yeah, yeah. So that's just I'm like, oh god. Yeah. And then there's a party. That's just like maybe, maybe it's our time. Maybe it's our time as a people, <laughs> to cash it in. Like we had a good run. We had some fun. Couple of yucks, <laughs> and call it a day.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it's it's going to be like the dolphin from uh Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. So long and thanks for all the thanks fish. for all the fish. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I actually wanted to post that the other day, but then I'm like, no, then people are going to think I killed myself and I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. I got to look out for two little kids.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I definitely can't do that, but I can, I can certainly understand the, the thought behind it.
1: Oh yeah. Especially um, when I see little
0: headlines from the Huffington post of white people are responsible for Corona spread.
1: Oh, for peace. No,
0: oh, I'm sorry. White well, you men. Know, White males in particular. I was like, okay, I don't want to live on this planet anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah you know, if you are if you are fortunate enough to be in a situation where you have enough time to read offense to something like a pandemic and oh, yeah. blame it on a certain group of people, maybe you should spend more time thinking about how you can use your resources to help others.
0: Yeah. uh like
1: I mean, like, really, like, that's your contribution to this whole conversation <laughs> and dialogue is to be like, make it racist thing, go, go the race route. Yeah. Like, that's the same thing with people was saying it's the, you know, the Wuhan virus or the Chinese virus. And it originated from there as far as we knew. I don't think that it's a up. that's totally out to lunch. most of us have now know the name of it. Say it appropriately, like, get over it. Yeah. Nobody was trying to be racist. Just trying to say, this is a virus that came from this area, and this is what's on our radar right now.
0: Yeah, it, <laughs> there's like the uh, the old Twitter meme that goes around. And it's like fucking white people in there shuffles card, pulls a card from the deck. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> and then yeah. insert whatever crazy headline it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Exactly. It's a. Uh, it's like Cards Against Humanity, and we just do it to ourselves. Every <laughs> single one of us. <laughs>
0: So. But yeah, it gets really fun. Uh, just seeing all the outrage from it. Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. It's, uh, oh yeah. It's some choice. Like the time Hobby there.
1: <laughs> right, like the time that Hobby Lobby sold like some cotton, like a, um, you know, as a decorative element for a flower spray. You could yeah. get some some cotton stems and leaves, plants <laughs> to if your fall your fall foliage and yeah, somebody was just like. Well, at some point in time, this happened, and this group was oppressed. And I'm just like, pick a subject, pick a place, and <laughs> pick a group. And I'm—I assure you, they all have their horror stories. Yeah. Like, I don't mean to undermine suffering, is tension, but you here right now are way more divorced from it than the people that you're whitening for.
0: Yeah. the uh, The latest outrage was Land of Lakes Butter because it had the Indian girl oh. on the uh, on the artwork. And it's like, well, this is just exploitation. Uh, this is just terrible. So they remove the Indian, of course. Now, but uh, people don't really understand the backstory to that. The artist painted that Algonquin girl as a celebration of that, and all of her artwork is like that,
1: <laughs> right? So well, well, the there's no effect. in <laughs> land of lakes in reference to up around like the the Great Lake region,
0: yeah. Yeah. Up there in Minnesota, Minnesota, And, uh, yeah. So it's the, the, the light well, of they
1: lakes had butter. It right. <laughs> had a grip of native American tribes all throughout that region. So, I mean, if you go to like Western New York, when I lived there, almost everything had a name that was taken from either a word from a particular dialect or from the name of the tribe itself yeah. applied to, this is the name of Tonawanda, the city that we live in, or, you know, Cheektowaga or whatever. I mean, everything was based on that. Yeah. And so, what is racist about recognizing that a certain region has a certain people that hail from it yeah. if you speak in the lake wouldn't you think that as well
0: <laughs> yeah these are also the people that uh <laughs> you know i can't really it's like all right well i have to be mad about something because my life is pretty sweet as it is. Poverty in this country means I get a flat screen TV, uh Air Jordans on my feet and two cars in the in the driveway. Yeah. You know, so I have to be upset at something.
1: Right. Maya, uh, my mom has a really interesting term for it and I think it was it must have been used more in the 70s or so, but she calls them limousine liberals.
0: Oh yeah, no, no. Like, which
1: is that they are, they're affluent in their own right. And they take this tack of trying to champion all these causes for groups of people that they consider to be disenfranchised and disempowered and destroyed by society. But the irony of what they're doing is they're doing it one, to basically deal with some sort of existential crisis. Like there are bad things in the world and I want to feel better about them. So I'm going to compel the rest of society to comply in order to assuage my bad feelings about this thing like homelessness or or racism or whatever and then the other aspect of it is is that they do the the things that they do in order to respond to these things that they consider to be social ills or concerns and many of which are valid is that they use the very same mechanism that essentially created them in the first place which is more government
0: yep like it's just
1: Right. Like if they if they actually understood what the experience was of the people they're supposedly championing and permitted those people to speak for themselves, maybe they would find a different solution that doesn't involve more government.
0: Yep. And we've only upgraded that term since the 1970s. Now they're called Lexus liberals.
1: Lexus liberals. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> yes, we uh, You're right. I forgot. I didn't modernize. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, modernize it. And uh, specifically, uh, I find that most Karens do drive Lexuses. So, or is it Lexi?
1: Lexi. I was just going to say Lex- Lexus. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You could say like Lexapode, like an octopode
0: thing. <laughs> nice. Good pull. Good pull.
1: Thank you. Yeah, we learn a little fact, and you're like, "Come at me, pub quiz. I'm ready."
0: (laughs) (laughs) Trivial Pursuit. It's not so trivial, is it?
1: Right. You know what? For as much, for (laughs) despite holding not one, not two, but three liberal arts degrees, uh, oh, I still can only calm down now. Save
0: some pussy for the rest of us.
1: (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah, God, um, I can only really kill in the entertainment section of Trivial Pursuit. Like a little, (laughs) a lot in that one and then like a little bit in the political and historical stuff. But yeah, it's funny. What a a pointless educational trajectory to have (laughs) three liberal arts degrees all with the design of, and this is how just stupidly specific and niche I chose to go. (laughs) I wanted to be a film critic. (laughs) <laughs> that so I got an yep. associates in applied science and film, and then a, a bachelor's in communication. And the political science one was just because all my, all my other you know classes, throwaway classes. I took poli sci because I thought it was interesting. Yeah, and they were like, you take one more and you get another degree. <laughs> and I was like, well, oh, what the hell? In for a penny, in for a pound, right? Yeah, so, might as
0: well. It's not my money,
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> it was, uh. but yeah, um. <laughs>
0: that's, that's kind of yeah, the outlier for most people who get liberal arts degrees because it's definitely not their money. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that was, that was the plan. And now I look at it and I'm like, Oh my God, I hope there's a triple a in the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I hope that when shit hits the fan and I, you know, I get a flat and then decide to park in my driveway for the night of my cave. Yeah. And I come back out in the morning and my tire is, fully flat and i can't go anywhere to change it i can call some sort of you know M. Wrap to come out and swap it out for me
0: <laughs> yeah all the rest of us guys out there doing the uh burlington coat factory employee christmas party yeah <laughs> well we'll come and help you out we'll, we'll change your tire there's no problem <laughs> thank you <laughs> i was like hey we just refined all this gasoline those bets I'd yeah
1: be <laughs> you want a cup <laughs> you need a you cup want a cup of gasoline <laughs> oh god wouldn't that be funny if you just start going to your neighbor's house and be like hey can I borrow a cup of gasoline
0: <laughs> we were trying to set something on fire because we thought it would look cool and we just needed some gasoline so I fun.
1: also need equal parts of ammonium nitrate <laughs> asking for a friend <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know, just some diesel fuel and a little bit of styrofoam crushed up into cubes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> for reasons. <laughs>
1: uh I really like corned beef. May I borrow your pressure cooker? <laughs> 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 you know, speaking of explosives, uh I watched a documentary recently that was called American Anarchist and it was about the author and and for me for forgetting his name because unfortunately it's just not as noteworthy uh, for as the Kennedy anarchist wrote. cookbook yes where half yes. of the shit in there was
0: wrong and you could easily injure yourself
1: oh no they didn't even get into that part oh, okay. what they primarily focused on is look at all these terrible events in human history since the publication of your book and almost all of them are in some way shape or form however tangentially affiliated with your book <laughs> like you know, like they, they had a copy of it, the perpetrators, or they one time referenced it in a manifesto or something. And then basically trying to get this man who at the time thought he was doing the right thing and fundamentally disagrees with the, the way that he handled it because he was a young impassioned man. And now he's older and wiser. Yeah. He was just like, they were trying to make him own it. Like you're, you're responsible for this because you put this out into the public sphere. And you know, anybody who knows anything knows that military manuals on how to are filled with that information. That's what he got it from. All he did was yeah. basically just compile it. And sometimes, as you pointed out, erroneously. Yeah. So all that information was already in the public domain. He just married it in a book. Yeah. Happened to fill it with some of his personal musings on politics. Yeah. So I guess so,
0: uh, I, I, Salinger was to blame for. Uh, President Bush or President Reagan getting shot because they found a copy of uh, Catcher in the Rye in his house.
1: Right, exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I know. I can understand read Catcher in the Rye and being irritated enough to maybe be violent. I understand that because it's not like I did not feel the way most people seem to feel about that book. I did not enjoy it at all. I thought. The main character, Holden Cold, was kind of an oaf yeah. and an idiot. And I know I really, really, really hate that whole genre of books where it's basically just page upon page of poor decision making and navel gazing. Like people who <laughs> love. Oh, God. What's that German writer? Um, Bukowski. Charles Bukowski. Oh,
0: yeah. Bukowski. I, <laughs> it's I insufferable. Mean, I'll give
1: you. I'll give. Yeah, I'll grant you the guy can turn a phrase, no doubt. And sometimes he does so in just a a really profound way. But by and large, I absolutely hated him. (laughs) Like I read Factotum and a couple of his short stories and it's the same shit, different day. He gets job, he gets south, he ends up sleeping with one of the girls there or he passes out and gets fired and then he goes to the bar and drinks it up and then passes out in some spooky part of town. And then does it all over again the next day. And that's his journey. And I'm so glad you wrote about it over (laughs) and over and over again.
0: Yeah. The thing that (laughs) kills me with like uh, movies and TV shows is uh, smart people doing stupid things. Mm -hmm. He's like, come on, this person is genuinely intelligent. Why are they, why are they doing this right now? This is a dumb thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, it's, it's interesting, like, here's actually one of the net bennies of me having to having gotten a degree in communication. So one of the things that we talk about in the the field of communication is how stories and how we make arguments specifically. So we, we have the old school perspective on it, which is called the rational paradigm. And Mm -hmm. that is based on kind of coming out of the Greek philosophy that when you are making an argument, you present verifiable premises, and they're supported by a conclusion. And everything is bound By logic. If it's valid and sound, it is true and it is good and it is right, and we make decisions based on that. That's their argument there with the rational paradigm. (laughs) The more contemporary argument is called the narrative paradigm. And the narrative paradigm is more about making an argument that's based on telling a very compelling story and doing so with characters that the listener can empathize with and having them engage in decision making in, in a dilemma in a way that you that hangs with the audience so that they feel that they're a part of it and then become emotionally invested in the outcome therefore people make decisions not on rational arguments but instead primarily on emotion you know on on how much they're moved by a narrative so with that in mind <clears throat> that i think is something that I kind frustrating when the characters in, in fiction behave in a way that doesn't make rational sense to me or against my personal co-conduct, I end up getting really, really mad. Like, I get way too invested in it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm just like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. So I know that's a long way of getting to the point, but I, I think that's what really aggravated me. I don't like people who... I don't like it when I wallow, I should say. I don't like it when I wallow. So when I read a character who basically belly aches, I'm just like, I can't, I can't, I already struggle enough with this as is. (laughs) I don't need to read about your crap too.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So that was just a long, fancy way of saying, uh, don't have an entire science fiction trilogy based around a literal Mary Sue character.
1: (laughs) Oh God. Yeah. That's like, I don't know what trope I hate more. I gotta be honest with you. Like, (laughs) I, for a very long time, the one that pissed me off the most was the Manic Pixie Dream Girl because that whole trope was based on the concept of that, like, delightful sprite to your little, you know, effervescent Fliberty gibbet yes. who, who waltzes into your life with a panda on a leash and charms the pants off of some boring CPA who doesn't know how to have fun. Yeah. And they, you know, he, she doesn't yield at all. He gives up everything. He's a better person for it. Cuts. You know, like run the credits and nobody ever shows you what comes after, which is like, I can't believe you've spent our life savings on buying a ferret <laughs> ranch or whatever, you know, like just ruin me, woman. Yeah. So that used to be like the most of box one me because I just, oh, I hated the manic pity dream girl. I was really not helping us <laughs> goth chicks very much because <laughs> they all think we're idiots now. Yeah, maybe we were. We did the goth thing. I think that's pretty dumb in its own right. But anyway, (laughs) uh,
0: I think everyone had a goth phase.
1: (laughs) We all did. Yeah. We all got a little blue for about a two week period, maybe put on too much eyeliner, flirted with nine inch nails. I don't know. (laughs) But, uh,
0: (laughs) well well for us, you know, it was teenagers in the nineties. So there was like one day where wearing an overcoat, a trench coat to school was like awesome. And then one day it just wasn't, you couldn't wear the trench coat to school anymore. (laughs)
1: Yeah, no, we don't do that. Oh, God, I got to tell you this. So I know I'm like full of stories. You think I never like spoke to a person in my life. Um, so so like I said, I went to an all-girls Catholic school and we did the goth thing, but our version of goth at an all-girls Catholic school, which was, you know, a pretty hefty tuition and a lot of the gals there had very wealthy families, was essentially to do some sort of Anne Rice New Orleans style leather lace silliness. Okay. So, like that, that was kind of our style. It wasn't so much mod or punk. It was more that, like, oh, we're so pretty and darn dead, whatever. <laughs> but um, my senior year of high school, we, me and my knucklehead friends, because we were all obviously in theater tech, because that's what you do when you're goth, uh, we talked about starting a, a cult. Like, we're just being dumb. We weren't actually going to start a freaking cult. Like, there's no point in time where we're going to kidnap people and deprive them of sleep or protein or, you know, the means of escape and cut them off (laughs) from their families and engage in love bombing. And if you wonder why I know all those things, it's because I took a class on cults my senior year of high school offered Xavier because they were like, that's not us. But anyway, so my, my friends and I start this thing, this cult. We call it the Surly Crack Elves cult. And it's named after... You know, it's a, a failed reference to Nightmare Before Christmas. Again, the were goth. And, yes. um
0: <laughs> Which was like the superhero so my, movie of all the goths everywhere. It might as well have had uh Depeche Mode and – uh, <laughs> uh oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and the and cure. Morrissey
0: as the, yeah, the, cur, the cure. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. So my senior year. <clears throat> For context, my senior year – was 1998 to 1999 and as you recall in april of 1999 dylan Cleveland and eric harris shot up combine high school
0: was that 1999 or was that earlier was that 96
1: 99 i'm pretty hmm. sure it was 99
0: well i'm going I'm, you to know, consult Give me the glowing second. rectangle of human knowledge
1: thank you i'm like i gotta do it now since you asked
0: oh actually yeah april 20th 1999 you were correct
1: okay good all right i mean not that it's good that it happened but glad i was right because my point was that because of the the fear and the fervor yeah you can't pull
0: a seinfeld on that one not that there's anything wrong with that
1: yeah i mean if you wanted to god (laughs) they're like for presidential candidate says you know (laughs) whatever anyway um yeah. That was my senior year. So then it became this whole, well, we ne- we need to root out any malcontents that could potentially do the same thing at our school. Oh, yeah. And so there were people to be called on the carpet where anyone who had talked about this stupid surly crack elves cult. And it all started because one of the members was friends with this other gal. They had a falling out. And then the gal was snitched like she's in a cult. Like it's a real thing. <laughs> like we didn't even have meetings. We didn't do anything. The we name of the cult name
0: is Surly yeah, Crack just... Elves. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, this yeah. is not serious. I mean, it's not called like Nexium or Scientology.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's not <laughs> like we all started wearing Reeboks. Yeah. <laughs> like, or whatever, Nikes, I guess. But yeah. yeah. That was and it became this it became this whole Inquisition. Like People, girls that were and boys that were part of this, ended up getting called in the dean's office and getting a, a spring talking to it and grilled it in front of the entire board of directors.
0: Well, nobody expects the high school inquisition.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I tell you, like if you think Italians were, or the Spanish were scary, like uh you have not seen old white women that were members of the BVM diocese. <laughs> But they never fit me, is my point. They never came all the way to the top, and it still is going strong today.
0: Yep. Always. <laughs> well, I think that's a, a good place to put a pin on it until next time. <laughs> Just leave yeah, them that's wanting about, more.
1: <laughs> that's, that's about right. Make it comfortable. Yep. Walk out. Okay? Yeah. That's Seinfeld. Like, end on a high note. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like, I'm going to walk in here, throw a whole bunch of bombs, make somebody cringe, and then deuces, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Eric, it was so nice to to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh,
0: no problem. This is not going to take the place of the Reuben sandwich that I owe you. So uh, just be prepared for that. Next time we meet, you will have a Reuben delivered.
1: (laughs) I'm so excited. It's just so magical because by the time this happens, it'll be like 10, 15 years hence, possibly. I hope not, but possibly. (laughs) And I'll have forgotten and then I'll get it and I'll just look toward the door and I'll have a tear rolling down my eye. It'll be beautiful. It'll be the best damn Reuben I've ever eaten in my life. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you have yourself a good one.
0: All right. Well, that's a, uh, that's great. You have a great evening too. And we'll, we'll catch you around. Okay. Okay. Bye honey. All right. Bye. All right. And there she goes, folks. Kim Ruff, former uh, presidential hopeful for the libertarian ticket. Uh, she's a awesome and funny lady. Uh, like we were just reminiscing back there. Uh, when I met her the first time for the libertarian leadership academy thing down in new Orleans, uh, had a fun time with her and then she just kind of dropped off the scene and then came back and wanted to run for president. And then she stopped, but Hey, that's the breaks. Anyways, guys, uh, go ahead. Check down in the show notes for this episode, because I will drop her. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll drop her social media. I'll get the uh, okay for that. If it's not there, then, you know, then the answer was no. But if you would drop down to the bottom in the show notes and guess what? I got all kinds of things down there in the show notes area of the episode. Uh, You can help support the show and it's always welcome. Uh, But please, you know, during this time, you know, if uh, craziness is still going on at this time when you're listening to this far into the future, uh, I'm not a priority, you know, feed your kids, help feed your family, check on your, uh, your elderly parents, check on your grandparents and stuff like that. Just don't worry about it. But if you do want to get a t-shirt, coffee mug, or whatever, it's down there in the show notes in the Teespring store. Uh, if you want just to float me a couple bucks as a tip, uh, I'll accept it. I got the Cash App, PayPal, uh, Star, Patreon, all that stuff is down there below in the show notes. Uh, float as well. And uh, we're starting to build a really neat community there on Keybase. So if you want end to end encrypted. Messages and chat rooms and everything else. Uh, guess what? Keybase is the place to go. It's a it's a fun little app. I've been uh, I've been digging it, as they say. Uh, also, please rate, subscribe, review the episodes as well because we you know I talked about this on the Tatiano uh, Moreau's episode. We, we've got to beat the algorithm at its own game. We we got to get around it as much as possible. So if anybody who is listening to this episode, please drop a, drop a line on there. And if it's funny, I'll read it. Uh, if it's completely negative and tell me that I suck, guess what? I'll read it. Cause I can make a joke out of anything, but until then guys have a great week and we'll see you next week on a brand new episode of rebel with a cause out.